How many are ready to get into the Word this morning? How many are excited to get in the Word this morning? Come on. This is going to be a good one. I'm excited. I am so happy to be out of the book of Judges. <laughs> I, am, I am so very happy. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. I, as much as I love talking about, like, the heroes of the Judges and whatnot, uh, boy, at the, at the end, it gets real gloomy. And so it's just like power through, power through, right? And now we're going to start a new series today on the letters of the Apostle John. Last year, how many remember last year, we spent some time going through the Gospel of John. Anybody remember that? It was an awesome series. We went through the Gospel of John. And through that study, we saw the events of Jesus through the eyes of John. Okay, and now we're going to see his writings to the church. So before we do that, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much that uh, even, uh, even this morning in our praise and our worship and in praying over each other, Lord, your presence has, has been among us. Lord, let our eyes be focused on you this morning. Set our eyes upon Jesus. Lord, I pray that the message this morning would be encouraging, uplifting, and challenging. Lord, that it would grab a hold of the hearts of those who are here, that the words of John, inspired by your Holy Spirit, would forever change our Christian walk. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Chuck Swindoll commented on the book of John, and he said this, it is presented in an uncomplicated way. There is right and there is wrong, period. Amen? Let me tell you something. There is right and there is wrong, period. But it's important for us to know that this is not done without love. It's not done outside of love. How many know it's important to share the gospel and share the truth of God, but also to do it in the love of God, right? How many ever met someone that tried to share the love of Christ without the love of Christ, right? Come on. That's what we call, if you're a pastor or a preacher, that's what they call hellfire and brimstone preaching, right? How many, how many enjoy that? No? Good. And nobody raised, well, Sue, that's, too, that's unfortunate for you. But that's the thing, is listen, hey, we have to communicate the truth of God with the love of God. A lot of times, we cannot communicate it effectively unless it's undergirded by love. And that's what John has to be known for. It's this love that we see John speak about Christ. It's in this love he speaks up for truth. And how many know we are in a society and a culture with shifting truth? Shifting truth, right? I'm not going to get real political about this this morning, but I just uh, discovered, and this is real. You can look it up. There's uh, you know, how, many, how many girls uh, played with Barbie dolls as, when you were kids, right? Boys, we played with uh, G.I. Joes. They were not dolls. They're action figures, right? And uh, we, would, we would take my sister's Barbie, and we would put a parachute on it, and we would throw it from the garage roof, 
and watch it float down, and then the G.I. Joes would come and rescue her, and we, all those different things. Here's the interesting thing. That used to be, okay, girls play with Barbies, and boys play with G.I. Joes, and that's how it goes, and I'm not going to get into political stuff. Mattel has just come out with a new doll that is either boy or girl. It's non-binary something, or language is, is disturbing and confusing, but it can be either boy, and so they have pictures. Uh, they have pictures of boys sitting there playing with these dolls, and 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 the boys are wearing dresses. We are in confusing times. We are in times where people are confused about what gender they are anymore. You say, Pastor David, this isn't a new phenomenon. No, it's not. But now it's so much more widely recognized. It's widely recognized, it's acknowledged that, hey, there's a lot of confusion happening in the world. There's a lot of confusion. John says, no, no, listen, I understand there's some gray issues, but when it comes down to it, there is right and there is wrong, period. The days we live in today are not all that different from the days that John lived in. Not all that different from the days the Apostle John lived in. Just like today, there are those who are trying to, there were those who try to deny who Christ is, who Christ was. Mike, could you take that for me? Could you just put it in the seat there? Thank you. Here's the interesting thing. John makes it clear that his conviction about who Christ is, is backed up not by just his feelings, it's backed up by evidence. This is who Jesus is. And here's what he says in 1 John 1, 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Go to the next slide. It says this, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Say, my joy may be complete. The first thing to understand, go back to that first slide. John 1.1, 1, 1, there's an understanding. That which was from the beginning, say the beginning. The first thing to understand in this letter is a clear declaration of who Jesus Christ is. That which was from the beginning, right? Do you know? Do you know this morning, if there's something important to know about John, it's that he has a keen awareness of who Jesus is before and after. It's, he has a keen awareness of who he was, and he was eternal before and after him. Most of you can quote what was written in John 1.1. It's Gospel of John 1.1. What does it say, Gary? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? Come on. John wants to make sure that the eternal aspect of Christ is not overlooked or dismissed. That which was from the beginning. John is about making sure it's all about Jesus. Amen? I want to make sure. How many know in our lives, we want to make sure it's all about Jesus? 
Come on, it's not about as much as we have fun with the football stuff. It's not about sports. It's not about football. It's not even about our jobs. It's, hey, listen, I, honestly, it's not even about our families. It is all about Jesus. Amen? If we have our eyes focused, and we'll just as what we were singing, if we have our eyes focused on Christ, everything starts to fall into line. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. And so we give glory to him. We worship and adore him. He wants to make sure, John wants to make sure that the, the words that people see are not based on hearsay. They're based on his experience, not somebody else's. How many ever had an experience with God? How many ever had, I mean, you had an experience and you go, you know what? You're, you're, whatever you have to say doesn't compare to my experience. Whatever you have to say, you can deny, you can, you can uh, confuse, you can do all these things, but what you have to say doesn't compare with my experience. Right, Mike? Because my experience is mine, right? How many know that you don't know, like I know, what the Lord has done for me? You're never going to know the experience of other people. All you know is your experience. John says, this is my experience, and he says this. We have heard him. We have seen him with our eyes. We have studied him. Listen, we have touched him. John is clear. This is, we, we did all these things. This is not made up. This is my experience. I've seen him. I've studied him. I've touched him. The life of Christ is real to us. For those, of know, for those of you who know about John, you'll remember just how close he was with Jesus. If you know anything about the life of John, if you've studied the life of John, it, uh, it always strikes me as funny because in the Gospel of John, he, he calls himself the beloved of God. He's writing the book, and he calls himself his, God's favorite. He, said, he says, man, I'm Jesus' favorite. And it's funny because, hey, I, 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 I think the same thing. Come on. Hey, listen, I am, I am God's favorite. So are you. Right? Right? We're made in his image. We're his children. And so when John says he's, he's beloved, he's not, he's not lying, but it comes from sort of a biased point of view, right? How many, how many uh, well, this could open up issues, but how many have a parent and you know that you're their favorite? See, we have like two girls over here going, yeah, that's me. I'm their favorite. And so now there's going to be like a brawl after the service. At the dinner, at the Hanson dinner table, there's going to be problems. Carol. Bryce and Evan. Go ahead, pick a favorite right now. No? No? Okay. <laughs> my, my parents had nine kids. My parents had nine kids. I said to my mom, who's your favorite? Put her on the spot, right, Doreen? She goes, oh, no, I love them all the same. Yeah, right. You know I make you more upset than anyone else. Sometimes, sometimes people love the stinkers, amen? <laughs> Listen, there's no denying that John was a confidant of Jesus. John was, John was just close to him. We know when we look at those who are close to Jesus, you know, there was fo the followers of Jesus. 
those who followed him to the countryside and followed his ministry. And then there was the disciples. The disciples were close, right? I mean, they were really close. But then, listen, there was the followers, there was the disciples, and then there was what we called the inner circle. That inner circle of Peter, James, and John. Right? Those ones that really, how many know that you have friends and then you have friends? Come on. How many know you have acquaintances? You just, people that we know, right? We have acquaintances. And, and it's always funny to me. I, even I was at a wedding yesterday and uh, people walked by and I'm like, I know these people. I've recognized these people, but I can't place their names. Right? So, hey, how you doing? Right? Because you don't remember their name, and you don't want to say, I don't remember your name. So, hey, God bless you. Right? Come on. You bunch of, you know exactly what I'm saying. Right? We have acquaintances, and then we have those that we're close with. Right? Hey, man. So, so you call up your best friend. You call him up. He answers the phone. Say, hey, man, what's up? That's all you got to say. Oh, hey, Dave, how's it going? Mike Nichols calls up. Hey, how's it, hey, how's it going to his best friend? He goes, hey, Mike, how's it going? You, you know your best friend's voice, right? Here's the thing. People don't like to admit if they don't know whose voice it is. So when I was a teenager, we used to call up random people. We were stupid. Trust me. We called up someone random. We said, hey, how's it going? He said, uh, I'm good, man. So we just continued the conversation. <laughs> he said, I'm good. I said, oh, good, man. Hey, you want to hang out later? He goes, uh, yeah. Just a random number. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, man, I'll be over in about 15 minutes. And then I just hung up. <laughs> I'm sure he was waiting for somebody. Listen, there's acquaintances, there's friends, and then there's the really close friends. There's the really close people in your life, right? John was a firsthand witness to who Jesus was. John was a firsthand witness. Listen, this is so cool. John says, we, this is so cool, firsthand witness. He tells us the mission of the letter. This, the mission of the whole letter, go to, go to the next slide. It says this. This is the mission of the letter. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also that you too may have fellowship with us. That you may have fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. John says, we want you in on the blessing. We want you to be in on the blessing. How many know that people around you that are lost, that, that don't know Christ, you say, we want them in on the blessing. Are you excited about sharing your faith with people? Saying, we want, listen, I know you don't know, but we want you in on the blessing. John says, we want you in, the, we aren't holding it for ourselves. We aren't putting our light under a bushel. No, we're going to let it shine. Right? How many know the song? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Right? I should have Bob sing that. I should. Bob, that was a good song, man. Amen. How many ever heard about the two things you don't talk about at the dinner table? Religion and politics, right? 
You don't talk about religion and politics at the dinner table. Why, do you, why, Kay? Why don't you talk about religion and politics? Different views, right? Very di- divisive. I missed you, Kay. Welcome back. <laughs> Speaking of welcome back, Tyler, welcome back. He's in Florida, man. He was eating some food. Two things you don't talk about at the dinner table. You don't talk about faith, and you don't talk about politics. Why? Because they're two of the most, most divisive issues. Now, the problem is this. When your life is just enwrapped by the faith of God, I mean, your life is just inundated. Your life is just covered by the grace and the faith of God. It doesn't matter if it's rude at the dinner table. Guess what? At some point, I'm going to be sharing my faith with you. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have an altar call at the dinner table, but at some point, I'm going to share about how God good, how good God is. Amen? Come on. Whether or not it's divisive, whether or not people like it or not, whether or not people find it rude or not, we have to do it in love. We can't be weird about it, right? We can't be weird about it. Sit down, enjoy a hamburger. Listen, you better pray over that burger. Jesus died on the cross for you. Don't you dare don't pray over that burger. Right? I mean, people, people get really aggressive about it. It's not based in love. It's just based off, let's, 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 let's get the word out, right? In love, it's funny. My, uh, it's funny because, you know, when I was young, I get really aggressive about my faith. I mean, people, all of a sudden, you start a debate, and now you're arguing between, sometimes between Christians. Christians are arguing between, amongst each other about, about different points of faith, and, and I can just imagine the people on the sidelines going, well, I don't want any part of that. that. There's no love in that. There's no grace in that. John says, I need to share my faith with you so that you can share in this joy that I have. It's out of love. It's based in love. He says, his name is Jesus. I know who he is. Remember, John has a close relationship with him. I know who he is. I know what he said. I saw him minister healing to the sick. I saw him bring the dead back to life. I saw him speak truth in the darkness. I saw him transfigured at the mount. I saw him after when he was put up on a cross, and I saw him afterwards alive and well. I know who this this is the experience of, Paul, of, of John. I almost said Paul. It's the experience of John. He says this, I can't help but tell you about him. I just can't help myself. How many, how many ever just been so excited about something? So excited about something. I just can't help but share the news. And usually, sometimes it's about movies, sometimes it's about sports. When was the last time it was about Jesus? I just can't help myself. I need to share what he's done in my life, about what's been broken off of my life, about how he set me on a right path, and now I'm doing what God's called me to do. I just can't help but share. I want the fire that John has in my, in my life, in my ministry, and I want the fire in your life. Amen? Amen. I want that same fire for you. I know it might seem rude at the dinner table, but I just can't help but share the joy that I have. How many of us on this joy that I have? 
The world didn't give it to me. Boy, you guys are dead this morning. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. You have never heard that song? Oh, Austin shaking his head. Austin, stand up. I know this is Austin. This doesn't happen often. Austin, I want you to. I want, I'm going to teach you this song, okay? So I want you to repeat it after me. This joy that I have. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. World didn't give it to me. Good. This joy that I have. Steve, go ahead. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Man, he's rocking it. Come on. Come on. I've shared this story before. I worked at a Honda dealership. A man came in. He was yelling at the secretary. He was yelling. He was asking for a manager. She said, what kind of manager do you want? Because there's different kinds of managers. And he said, just get me a manager. So I stepped in. I said, excuse me. You don't talk to her like that. Let's go outside. So I took him outside. He said, what do you want? I said, I have a question. Do you know Jesus? He said, excuse me? I said, it just seems like you have no joy in your life. Do you know Jesus? He jumped in his car and took off as fast as he could. <laughs> jumped in and took off as fast as he could. Listen, it just seems like he had no joy in his life. How many know? the Savior, the risen God living in our lives, we should have joy in our lives. Right? It doesn't mean we don't go through things. It doesn't mean we don't suffer through things. It means that, be, that with all of the things happening, I can still have joy in the Lord. John makes it clear what this letter is all about. He is the broad strokes. He wants us to have fellowship with the Father. Fellowship with Jesus Christ. And then he, we see him get into the sharper points of the philosophy here. Verse 5, it says this. This is the message we have heard from him, and we proclaim to you. It's the message from Jesus, and we're, we're passing this along to you, that God is light. Say, God is light. I like the, I like the graphic that I have. That God is light. There is no darkness in him. Amen? Notice here that God didn't just create light. God is light. This is, this is important. God didn't just create light, Bob. God is light. I like what this commentary says. It says, light is the purest, most subtle, the most useful, the most diffusive of all of God's creatures. It is therefore a very proper emblem of the purity, perfection, and goodness of God. It is an emblem of the goodness of God. There is no darkness in him. Everybody say this. There is no darkness in him. This is important. This is important. This is why. I like what this, uh, David Guzik says this. If there is a problem with our fellowship with God, it is not God's fault. It is our fault. Amen? 
It is not the fault of God because there is no sin or darkness in him at all. If there's any approach that we have to God that assumes or even applies that God might be wrong, at its root, it is blasphemy. It is blasphemy at its root. There is no darkness in him. He did not make mistakes. And so we have people who believe God made mistakes, and now we have to change ourselves to correct them. God doesn't make mistakes, amen? We live in a sinful world. There's things that happen. I understand that there's, there's things with where, where disease and, and sickness, but, but God in his ideal does not make mistakes. There's a prevailing mentality in our culture, and this is really nothing new. It's been around forever, and it's this. I know better than God. How many know, how many know people that just think they know better? I know better than God. To think we have become so full of ourselves. We have become so full that our, we put our opinions above God's truth. And this isn't just the mentality of those outside the body of Christ. This is the mentality of those inside the body of Christ. This is where it gets a little tough. This is where John says that if we have fellowship with him and we continue to walk in darkness, he says this, you are lying and not telling the truth. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. John tells us that we're not practicing the truth. We're lying. We say we have fellowship with him, but clearly we're not walking in the light. And this is where it gets a little punchy. This is where it gets a little tough because John doesn't pull back the punches, right? John doesn't pull back the punches, but he faces it head on. I like what this says here in the commentary. It says, the issue here is fellowship, not salvation. And that's important to recognize. There's times in our Christian walk where we trip up, right? We're not perfect. We haven't attained or achieved perfection yet, right, Carol? Carol's like, speak for yourself. <laughs> no, we're, we haven't achieved perfection yet. And so there's times where we trip up. What, what John is talking about here is not about salvation. It's about fellowship. The Christian who temporarily walks in darkness is still saved, but he might not be in fellowship with God. That's when there's conviction comes on our hearts, right? That's when the pastor speaks and all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, I need to get things right in my life. Because God wants us to have fellowship together. There's a difference between those who get tripped up and those who willingly give themselves over to sin. Come on. There are some people who willingly give themselves over to a lifestyle or engaging in a sinful behavior, and they can provide all the excuses they want. But the truth is that they're not in fellowship with God. And they're in danger of not being saved through God, that they would willingly give up the gift that God has given them. 
John makes a clear statement about our condition, but then he also offers a solution, and this is good. Verse 7, it says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. Say, all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ is what cleanses us from all sin. What does that mean? What does that mean to walk in the light? This is an interesting concept because there's a lot of times we talk about things that are in the Bible that we go, well, how, how, what does this mean? How do we do that? How do we walk in the light? It simply means this. We are continuously following after Jesus. We are doing the very best we can to pursue righteousness or right relationship between us and God. That we're doing the right things, saying the right things, going to the right places, not going to the wrong places, not watching the wrong things. And we do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's nothing within me that can achieve salvation. There's nothing within you that can achieve salvation. It's only achieved by the blood and grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's only achieved by the blood and grace of Jesus Christ. It's when we do these things that Jesus cleans us. How many know that we don't just need to be cleaned once? Come on. Becky's like, that's right. We don't just need to be clean once. It's a continual cleansing, right? John acknowledges this. He says this, uh, we need the constant cleansing power of the blood. How many know? I mean, there's some really godly men and women that I know. I mean, really just fantastic godly men and women. But man, they struggle with sin from time to time. Whether in thought or deed, there's times where we struggle with sin. Amen? Come on, it's true. I'm not saying amen because that's a good thing. I'm saying acknowledge, yes. There's times where we struggle, whether in thought or deed, we struggle with sin. Come on, nobody ever hit their hammer and said, praise the Lord. Hit their thumb with a hammer. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what you meant inside? You got kids in the car. They're yelling, right, Gary? They're screaming in the back. You can't focus on what's going on. I'm not saying Gary did this. Gary's like, I didn't do this at all. Somebody cuts you off. Somebody cuts you off and you raise up your hand and you say, bless you, brother. Come on, is that how it goes? No, we live in a messed up world. Come on, here's the kicker. What if uh, I had a friend of mine that he used to, man, this is not good. He would, he would uh, raise up his hand and give people a signal that uh, was not good, right? So he, was, he wasn't pointing them to Jesus. He was, he was doing something else. And uh, so he used to do this all the time. People cut him off. People, people passed him on the road. He'd get mad, put his hand out the window, and wave goodbye. He's driving one day, and some guy comes up alongside him. He's going to pass him puts his window down, puts his hand out, starts to lift his finger up, and he goes like this. He goes, hey! It was the pastor next to him. (laughs) It's the pastor next to him. Listen, there are times in our life where we mess up, right? Whether in thought or deed. Now, the problem is this. When we stop realizing, when we stop realizing the sin that we're in, 
when we stop realizing it, when we just, we just go, that's just a part of our life. That's just every day. That's just normal. No, no, that's sin. Those things in our life that we need to be convicted of, those things in our, when we have to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we have to be in our word, we have to be praying, we have to be doing the things, pursuing Jesus and doing what we must do. We have, we, but there's times, even in doing the very best we can, that we get tripped up. In doing the very best that we can, we get tripped up. It's interesting because in the next scripture it says this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Right? And the truth is not in us. However, if we confess our sins, come on, you better get excited about something here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Listen, we must remember that we do the very best we can. We trip up. Right? And the interesting thing is this. God regards us as righteous. He doesn't regard us as sinners any longer. He regards us as the righteous who at times struggle with sin. Because there are times in our life that we do struggle with sin. But we can't become ignorant to the fact that no matter how hard we try, at some point it creeps in. Right? It creeps in. John tells us if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So we shouldn't deceive ourselves into believing that we have no sin. But in understanding grace, we come to the one, the only one who can forgive our sin. I like what uh, one commentary said. It's not the confession that saves. Be aware, it's not the confession that saves. It's not just, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I confess. Please forgive me. It's not the confession that saves. When we come to Christ, it's not the confession. It is only through Jesus that we find forgiveness. It is only through the blood and power of Christ that we find forgiveness. It's still vital. It's still vital to, confession is vital, right? How many know we need to confess what we've done to God? We have to confess it to God. This one commentary says this, it's vital, and this is the context John speaks from. As God convicts us of sin that is hindering our fellowship with him, we must confess it and receive forgiveness and cleansing for our relationship with God to continue without interference. We want the relationship with God to continue without interference. This brings us to the end of chapter 1. There's a, we're going to take the next six weeks and go over most of uh, all of 1 John, maybe going to 2 and 3 John too. But before we end the service, I want to look at the first verse of the next chapter. And it says this. I love this. My little children... I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness. Amen? I like the language John uses here. He's not speaking as one who's pompous or prideful. He's speaking as one who's caring. He's speaking as a father would to his children. My, my little children, 
That's what he says. I love that. It's like he's. It, I, I wish there were some kids here right now. There's a few kids right here. If you just sat down with him and said, my little children, listen, I want to speak to you as a father does to children. I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. We've all seen the hellfire and brimstone preachers of, you need to get right or get left. Turn or burn. You ever heard that one, Bobby? No? John has my little children. I know it's tough. I know, it's, I know there's some punchy words, but I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. He's not writing it from pride or arrogance, and he's not writing it from anger. He's writing it from love. It's the same way we should show people the love of Christ, right? My little children, I'm, I'm not saying this in anger. I'm saying this so that you may not sin. And if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have someone to run to. Amen? We have someone that's always in our corner. Hey, listen, you don't have to suffer through this alone. You don't have to suffer through this life alone. We sang it before. We, we put our eyes, we put our focus on Jesus. My little children, I write this so that you may not sin. But if you do, we have an advocate from the Father. This letter from John is filled with so many truths. I mean, the, the whole letter. He helps us throughout the whole study. We'll see how he helps us to see the difference between real faith, faith and fake faith. Because there is fake faith. There's real faith and fake faith or false faith. My prayer is that as we continue in this series, you will hear the heart of the Father calling you away from sin and towards relationship with him. Amen? Away from sin. Listen, it's a tough message. I, I tell you, it is a tough one, but it's spoken in love. The truth of God's word spoken in, in love will cut through the boundaries and cut through the things that, that, that people build up walls, you know? Love will tear those walls down and allow it to reach into people's hearts. It's necessary for us to walk with God, to be in relationship with God. If you'll stand with me this morning. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Okay? This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Right, Shelly? Lord, I pray over those who are here this morning. Lord, I pray that their lives would be inundated with joy. Their lives would be overwhelmed and overcome by the joy of the Lord. Lord, let it be their strength. Lord, I thank you for those who are here that get to hear the message this morning, who get to enter into your presence with thanksgiving and enter into your courts with praise. 
Lord, I thank you that we have an opportunity to come and spend some fellowship together and fellowship with your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray that over this next week, you would speak to us as a father speaks to little children, that you would continually call us by your holy presence to to be in right relationship with you. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, they have an advocate with the Father, who is Jesus Christ, is righteousness. So, Lord, I pray over each person here. I pray that you would bless them and keep them. Lord, that you would cause your face to shine down upon them. And, Lord, I pray that you would give them rest in Jesus' name. Amen.